Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, your host as always. Happy to be uh, back in studio. It kind of been an up and down for the last few weeks, uh, but we're back and, and I'm so happy to be joined by two wonderful guests that I'll get to in just a second. Um, wherever you're listening, around the world, quite literally, we're so happy that you're here. Um, we have eclipsed 11,000, I believe we're close to 12,000 or something like that, downloads. Um, I got to go check on the numbers again, but that is all you guys and God working together to get this podcast to literally the four corners of the earth. Um, every time that I go check on the numbers, there's someone from Ireland or the Philippines or like, it's unreal what God has been able to do with this. So um, it makes us uh, humble that uh, that God is using this ministry. And we thank you so much for simply just clicking share. You don't know the impact that you can have by just clicking share nowadays and throwing it on social media. It could pop up on somebody's phone that you never know may needed the episode. Anyway, enough of me blabbering. I am not alone in studio. I have two uh, very special uh, people in my life, friends of mine that... Uh, that we've done a lot of ministry work together. So this is kind of a cool episode. We kind of get to hash things out and have a good time. And I'm going to start to, I guess, what would be my left, although she's sitting right across from me. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and, and we'll get rolling here. So person across from me, who are you? Where are you from? Uh, what do you do for a living? Well, uh, I've been here before. So my name is Janet Diaz and I work for the Texas Conference, recently promoted uh, to the communication department. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Working um, as a social media specialist. And yeah, that's what I do. I serve the Lord. And I am originally Mexican, but I live in the area of Keene. I study at Southwestern and I go to the Alvarado Spanish Church. Yep. Yep. She tolerates me. We run (laughs) a lot of our youth programs together and... uh, I've actually inadvertently talked about you and our team over there here on this podcast before. So Thank it's you. all been good for the most part. I'm kidding. It's all been great. <laughs> I'm um, glad. I'm glad. Glad that you're here, Janet. And the person sitting next to her, ma'am, introduce yourself. Hello. My name is Eglaya Sandoval, and I work here at Southwestern Adventist University. I am a Southwestern Adventist University alum. My title here at the university is project director for a Title V grant. So what we focus on is career services and first-year experience. Um, It's really great to work with students here at the university and just be able to help them be successful here in college and live after college. So that's a little bit about what I do professionally. I also go to the Alvarado Church with Kelvin and Janet, and I get to see their ministry there. It's great. And I was actually born here. I'm a Texan. I was born here in Fort Worth, and I grew up in Keene. So I just, I guess I've never left. I've just been here. (laughs) That's good. We love it. Stayed local. Mm -hmm. If there is a college student listening and you're looking for internship job and you're just looking to be on the right path, go see this woman in her office. She'll get you rolling Mm -hmm. and she'll give you snacks. That's the only reason why I stopped by. (laughs) She's always got snacks. So if you're just looking for somebody to talk to, or to bother, or you want some snacks, uh, go see them. They're great people. Yes. Thank you, Kelvin. We're located at Hagen Hall. Yeah. Hagen Hall. You'll find us there. Hopefully this is not the last time uh, that that, that you join us, and uh, it's going to be good. Can't can't wait for the conversation. So we finished a series uh, last week um, with Pastor Michael, and um, where we looked into uh, 
the different I am statements of Jesus. We looked into the book of John and how he's the vine and how I am the light of the world. And we finished the series with um, the Alpha and the Omega beginning in the end. Anyway. And so we're kind of in this transition period into uh, jumping into a new series. And we'll get to that um, later in the next couple of weeks. But Pastor Semu, who, by the way, congratulations to him. He's going to be heading to Virginia in a four-church district as a head pastor. Co- congrats to Lim. We'll be uh, praying for him, uh, his wife, and his ministry as they head to, I think it's just outside of D.C. I think it's Leesburg, Virginia, uh, something along those lines. But he'll have a four-church district. So uh, that is a lot of work, um, and uh, but he deserves it. He's been called by God to, uh, to head out there. So congrats to him. But he had the message, and his message was make room. And as I listened to the message, um, if you listen to the podcast, I'd love to just take random themes and shoot them off in 80 different directions and just kind of see where we go. And so I wanted to get into our personal life just, to, just a little bit um, because... I have two people in front of me that uh, that love to organize and love to plan, and they've got sticky notes everywhere. And like, anyway, just walk into their offices or place of work, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Point is, I want to know very practically in your own life, outside of like the usual calendar or like reminder note that you may have. Where do you do you have a little trick that you kind of do to make room for things? throughout your day, maybe outside of the obvious, put it in your calendar. Just curious. Wake up early. <laughs> so Okay, how does I, that work? I've learned that when I wake up at 5 a.m., well, 4.30 a.m., and actually get my workout done and get all that crazy stuff out of the way in the morning, I'm so much more productive throughout the day. Whereas if I try to wake up and push it till 7.30 and leave by 7.40, and I don't know how I did that when I was like a little crazier back then. But whenever I did that, it became a lot harder Mm. to make time for the things that were really important. So I learned that waking up early and establishing those routines at the beginning and making time for the things that are important make a lot more sense than just trying to wing it and just waking up whenever you want. So that's my tip, at least. I don't know about you, Janet. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, I also, I'm an early bird. I also wake up four or five in the morning. Um, I like to get a whole hour of devotional time before I head off during the day. Uh, but one of the things that I I think, I think just being early, it helps me like prepare and organize. Like in my job, it's always running, running, running. Mm -hmm. So I like to get to my job early enough where there's not a lot of people Mm -hmm. because I could organize my day and know what I'm going to do and the projects I have coming up and and just know exactly what I'm going to do. But the question that Kelvin was asking, um, something I I enjoy doing uh, in my prayers during the morning because I know I ha- I'm a p- person that schedules and, and that has a list and I go by the list. But uh, I tell God, find a way to interrupt my schedule so I could mm-hmm. bless somebody, you know. And, and he always does. He always finds those moments where, where I see and I, I see something going on or, or just simply as I'm driving and, and, he finds ways to stop me in the middle of my schedule and say, okay, let mm-hmm. me bless somebody today. 
Mm-hmm. You know, let me let me take the time to talk to somebody that's struggling through something or let me text somebody a verse mm-hmm. or or send out a devotional or or let me see how somebody's doing instead of just go, 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 go. Because mm-hmm. I tend to do that a lot when when I have a busy day, a busy week and I'm just like, OK, next. And I was like, wait, hold on, Janet. Um, make this day count. Not only just go and live another day, make it count and say, how how is it different this day in my life? How how did I make a difference in someone's life? And so I always pray about that because I know myself and I know it's so easy to just live a day by and just move on to the next one. And so it could be like little details, like little things, like just giving um, somebody, you know, when you're driving away so they could pass by or just Mm -hmm. uh, smile to someone or leave a note saying you're doing a great job, you're a blessing in my life. It it could be small things, Mm -hmm. but they make a real big difference. You guys are both very busy. I've seen you both in your workplaces. You do a lot of stuff and it's great. Do you find it uh do you find it difficult sometimes to if you have something all planned out and ready to go and something comes happens at two o'clock and you gotta just reshift? How do you do that mentally, making room for that to happen if you know it's gotta happen? Is that hard for you? Absolutely. I freak out instantly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well there goes that day and or there goes that invite yes. in that calendar. So I mean I've really learned, and not just in my day-to-day basis, but in my life, I learned that sometimes the way that we plan things is not the way that God has them planned for us. So I think within the last four years of my life, I just learned to let go. And I was like, okay, Lord, if that's not what you want for me, that's perfectly fine. I just have to adjust. Mm -hmm. So back then, it was the end of the world if something didn't come out (laughs) like I wanted it to. Now I've just learned to accept it. I'm like, okay. I can do this. Let me just figure out a solution and I'll just tackle it that way. So, yes, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like um, my personality is very um, perfectionist, structured, very. And when that happens, I'm like, why do we even try planning stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. never comes out the way I want it to come out because it's always like you imagine your week being like this. Like there was one week that I, w- I had everything scheduled. I had everything planned in my job. And then suddenly they offered me this promotion and that I had to send in an, a resume and get an interview. And, and I was like, okay, this was not part of my plan. <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? Um, I, you know, I had other plans in, in my, in my space, but then I was like, okay, God, if you want this to change, I guess that's you. Um, and, and it's always like in my mind, it's like Sunday gets there and it's like, okay, this week is going to go like this. Mm-hmm. This day I'm going to do this and next day I'm going to do that. Even in my house, that's how I divide my chores or whatever. But it never goes as I plan it. It never goes that way. And so when it's interrupted, it does kind of make me like uncomfortable. But at the same time, God reminds me that I'm not in control, but mm-hmm. he is in control. Exactly. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, Janet, yes, you could plan and you could do so many things. But at the end of the day, I'm in control. And so you need to let go. Mm. And so mm. God always teaches me that. And I, it's been a, a process and a learning experience. But day by day, I've been learning to work with God as a team and, and know when to let go and just let him handle everything. 
Yeah, in the message, I heard Pastor Samu kind of touch on something, and I, and I'd recently heard kind of this theory and thing thrown around. Um, I don't know where it's coming from, but I, it's been thrown around a little bit. This idea that like I have to have certain requirements as a Christian, or I have to have certain things accomplished in my Christian life in order to make room for God. Like he he's not going to want to be a part of me if I don't got this down pat. Um, I don't know where that's popping up in society, but I've seen it a couple of times uh, floating around. When you think of that, do you think we have to have certain, I guess it's a very obvious answer, but I just kind of want to get your thoughts and either one of you can jump at it. Do we have to have certain requirements as a Christian in order to fit God in our schedule? I feel like whenever we talk about fitting God in our schedule, it's definitely something we have to plan for. It's not something that's going to happen naturally. Okay. If I don't want to have a devotional life with God, then mm-hmm. it's not just going to magically happen and God going to be like, here's extra 30 minutes that you didn't have. Mm. It doesn't happen that way. But it's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. It's something that I wake up in the morning and I know that from this time to this time, it's my devotional time yes. with God. So, I mean, does it just magically happen? No, you definitely have to structureize it and have it that way. Mm. But when it comes, I mean, I did hear when the pastor was talking about the cookie cutter Christian. Like, we can't be cookie-cutter Christians. Like, there isn't a perfect Christian out there. Mm-hmm. And he also mentions the church and how a lot of times we have to, we pretend to be these Christians just to go into the church because our mind has been shaped a certain way or believe. Like, we start to believe that to be a Christian, we have to have this. We have mm-hmm. to do this. We have to dress this way. We have to talk this yes. way. We have to eat this way. And that's a misconception that we have. So it is very important that we understand and help others understand that there isn't a cookie-cutter Christian. There isn't a wrong way to do devotional life. There isn't a wrong or right way to have quality time Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really wanting to to do it and making that choice. So, I mean, I guess that's my two cents. Is there a right or wrong way? No, there isn't, but it's definitely has to be intentional. It's something that you have to decide to do. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, the way I see it is that I I feel like we've since the beginning we've got it all wrong. Like we think that we should be a certain type of Christian. We we should dress a certain way. We should talk a certain way. We should hear certain things um, because that's what religion has sold us mm-hmm. the certain way that we have be, been but how i see it is is the other way around is when when we start meeting jesus and knowing jesus hanging around with jesus we automatically start behaving differently mm-hmm. because we because i think in the bible it said something like that or in a book i read i remember when when peter got called out and he was like telling the people, oh, no, I don't follow Christ or this and that. It was inevitable because he was hanging around so much with Jesus that everything he did, every action he made revealed that he was a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when we hang out enough with Jesus, with God, it's inevitable. It's inevitable to walk like him. It's inevitable to talk like him. It's we, inevitable. We make room without even realizing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 what Egla's saying about it's a decision about making time for devotional 
It's because we are so in love with him and so in need of him that mm-hmm. we can't do a we, we can't go a day without him. Mm-hmm. And so it's part of our life. It's part of like if we go on our day without him, it's like we need something's missing Mm -hmm. you know it's like when you wake up and you don't wash your face Mm -hmm. it's like okay something's missing what what did i do wrong and so it's the same way but it's it's not because we have to but because there is a need of of him in our life Mm. so so but the way the religion sells it to us it's like you have to do this. You have to do this to be a perfect Christian. But it doesn't work like that. It works the other way around. It's because we have Jesus in our life. We are this way. Mm, I like that. That leads me to a question that I didn't even think about. But um, that's why I love doing podcasts. <laughs> think of stuff to throw out there. Uh, I think if you if we take this idea of making room um, for God, if I take it to a more practical level when it comes to people, you said this religion that that kind of just sells us a bunch of stuff to make us look like a cookie cutter Christian. Mm-hmm. How can we battle that in order to make room for people? Because there are people that maybe don't want to step foot in because well, I don't fill all those requirements. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not. I'm there's no there's no reason for me to be in church or to follow Jesus because I can't meet all that stuff. I wonder if religion sometimes scares people like that. To it not does. step in. How do we fight that? How do we combat if somebody says, well, I, I don't have all those requirements. There's no reason for me to go to church. I feel like, sadly, the church, I wouldn't blame it so much on the church, but on the church members. Hmm. Because the reason why those people don't go into church is because someone did something or mm-hmm. said something especially yes. our youth nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I have seen this play multiple times in the church where they're not against having a relationship with Christ, praising the Lord, hearing the sermon, going to church every Sabbath or whatever day they decide to go. But whenever they step in the church and the first thing that is said to them is, I don't like the way you're dressed or your accessories, or I saw what you posted on social media, that just takes all the hype that they had about Mm -hmm. going to church and being with God and just having a good moment with Christ and it just brings it to the floor. And I mean, from a personal experience, I've had family members who just walk in the church, a comment is made, they jump in their car and they just leave. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's not so much something we can change because it's a mindset of the whole church. Mm -hmm. When our church members feel like we can condemn others. Mm -hmm. I mean, if God doesn't even condemn us, why should we even take that into ourselves. So that's just my point of view when it comes to, I mean, why our church members are leaving. I feel like it has a lot to do with our church members and how they, instead of opening their arms and just welcoming them how they are, they're pushing them away, which is very sad. Samu talked about the Pharisee and the publican, and I think we act a lot like the Pharisee (laughs) and be like, man, I'm glad I'm I'm not like that guy over there. (laughs) And instead of making room for that person, you're pushing them we away. we you know we we push them out and sometimes yes. we even do this like in all honesty unintentionally yes we're doing this and we don't realize it um and that's where our personal walks with God like Janet said earlier I think come into play where oh yes the more we're with Him the more we realize we're acting like Jesus and we're being like Jesus mm-hmm. and so we innately make room for people to come into the family 
Um, mm-hmm. I think the less that we interact with Jesus, we we maybe unintentionally have these weird little hiccups where, oh man, why aren't you know why aren't people coming in or why aren't people doing this? Um, we're not just maybe simply making room for them. I don't know if you wanted to say something. Sorry. Yes, no, that's fine. Um, I think I think I've mentioned this to Kelvin because we work with the youth and and we we look at all ways to just um make them feel better at church and one of the things that Egla was saying it's it's very true sadly um we we've made the mistake as a church to um to criticize to judge um to to just try to put religion through your throat you know that mm-hmm. you you shouldn't wear this you shouldn't do this you shouldn't hear this you shouldn't eat pork you shouldn't all the nose right uh but what I've learned, and I've mentioned it to Kelvin before, is that first we need to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First, we need to care for people, know their life, become their friend, their close friend, and then the doctrine will come. Mm-hmm. But we're doing it the other way around, yeah. and it's not working because mm-hmm. Jesus didn't work like that. Why are we working like that? You know, And when it comes to young people, which they're more sensitive and which they're just looking for a place to be heard, to be listened to. So um, one of the main things that that we want to do with young people is first care, be there for them, build a strong relationship with them, gain their trust. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to become those mentors that they need. We're going to become those people they need. And, and we're going to be able to share Jesus with them at their mm-hmm. level. But we can't do that the other way around. Right. How, how are we going to, um, like, go up to a stranger and just say, you should do this with your life and you're, <laughs> you're sinning and you're doing this, you know, God is not going to forgive you or whatever, or you need to come to church. You don't do it that way. You can, you know, who are you mm-hmm. to step into my life? We're doing the same thing at church. When somebody comes and visits for the first time, mm-hmm. we start judging, we start criticizing. But the reality is that first we need to build a relationship, care for the person, love the person like Jesus did. And then um, the the doctrine and the, uh, and the beliefs um, are going to come mm-hmm. and play. That Pharisee should have been ecstatic. That there was someone else in church. Mm-hmm. Jesus frames the picture of both yes. of them being in the same church. He should have been ecstatic that there was somebody there that he could help or minister to or become a friend to. Um, and he st- instead he says, "God, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. Um, hope you realize how great how great I am." Pastor Samuel goes on to another story that that I've always thought was interesting, um, and it leads to the the very important question that we've all heard a thousand times. But I haven't heard your answers, so here you go. Thousand and one. <laughs> Talks about the rich young ruler, and rich young ruler for sure thought, man, he was making no, enough room for Jesus. He tells him, "Look, man, Jesus, I haven't disobeyed you. I followed all the commandments. Like I've done it all. Like I got you covered. Like I am your perfect ideal disciple." And then Jesus hits him with a curveball, and he goes, "Okay, well, that's true. That's great. I'm glad." How about you sell everything you got and give it to the poor and then come follow me. Let's go. Not what the rich young ruler was expecting. But I want to ask this question in a different way. Uh, Because at the very end of that story, the Bible is very clear in telling us uh, that he was a very wealthy, very rich. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we still have 
our riches and our abundance and our material things and still have room for God? Is it possible? Why or why not? Absolutely. It's, it can be possible. But it's whenever we lose focus because of our possessions and our riches that it doesn't become possible. So many times we see that, oh, I won the lottery, and you completely forget who you are as an individual, and you yeah. completely change who you are, mm -hmm. or, oh, I got a raise, or I got a promotion, or I got this position at work, and that humble person that you used to be just completely disappears. Mm -hmm. That's when there's an issue. Yes. Same, whenever you lose your essence and your character, whoever that, that makes you, I mean, whenever you lose that, that's whenever we have a problem. Mm -hmm. So can you still be wealthy, have possessions, and still praise God and be good unto God's eyes? Yes, you can. It's absolutely mm -hmm. possible. But it just, we can't lose our focus. Mm -hmm. The second we lose our focus, yes. that's whenever there's a problem. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. totally. I think the question is not about money, but about priority. Exactly. You know, where our heart is. Because mm -hmm. even even if, like, we have, um, you know, we're rich and have all this money, the same thing happened when the Pharisees were giving the offering and the, you have this old lady, she <laughs> gave everything, right? It's the mm -hmm. same way. You know, even if we have, we give a super good amount of tithe, but if our intention and our heart are not genuine, God knows that. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have given nothing, you know? And if, if there's somebody else that probably doesn't have that much money but gives a, a good heart tithe for the church and, and because he believes in the mission and God knows his heart, God is going to accept that offering. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be way more than what the rich person gives. So the question is more is where our heart is. Mm. You know, if our heart is on the money, then we have a problem, you know, and if our heart is um, in God and, and, and putting more prosper his mission, because many people say, oh, money, you know, like is bad or whatever. But the reality is that we need money to do mission work. We need money for the church to grow. I mean, we live in a world that is moved by money. Yeah. So it is needed. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's not It's not something bad. Tell me about it in our class. A good money would help a lot. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we'll take anything at this point. Yes, any donations. <laughs> but, um, but I don't think the problem is the money, but the priority and where your focus is mm -hmm. and where your heart is. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for the guy because he was so close. Yes. Was he really though? I think he was. In our like, eyes. I, I think he was. Like he 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 had gotten to step nine and was like ready. And then the 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 full commitment that Jesus was looking for, mm -hmm. he wasn't ready to take it. Um and I wonder sometimes what would have happened if he had said yes. I wonder if he had if he would have uh been blessed like Job and gotten two times what he already had mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he had been faithful and made that commitment and Jesus would have I don't know, provided some way, or I don't know, he would have been successful in everything else he did in his life following Jesus. And he would have had more riches than he had ever had before, but he wasn't ready to put Jesus first Yes. in that priority, uh, in that list of things. And when it comes to making room for God, I think you guys both nailed it. Um, it's got to be our priority 
mm-hmm. to have him first. And I hate this idea. Um, as we wrap up, I hate this idea that like that like God wants us to all be poor, <laughs> and like that's how we're supposed to live our life. Yeah. Um, that's totally opposite of what you see. Mm-hmm. I mean, good grief! If you just read through Psalms. The, the the like the windows of heaven that David talks about that God wants to like open up on our life. Um that's not just like, you know, peace and love and joy. Like like I think God wants us to have a fantastic life. Yes. Um he doesn't want us to be here all poor. I think it's a weird like thing in our church sometimes that we just can't be rich and you can't have a bunch of money and you can't have a bunch of t- possessions and you can't do this. It's all about where your heart is and where you're Oh, yes. And where you lie. P- Paul says that he's learned how to be poor and he learned how to be rich. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he realized, yes. I've been in both places. You got to have Jesus at number one, uh, you know, d- despite despite both of those. Um, so it's just a weird thing sometimes that I that I think we got to stop preaching, that we have to be like these poor, <laughs> mm-hmm. humble, like on the street begging for money <laughs> to love no. Jesus. And I'm like, no. No. God wants to give us these things. Um that was the devil's number one attack on Job. That's mm-hmm. what he told God in heaven. Mm-hmm. He was like, that guy is only following you because look how much stuff he's got. He was the richest guy in the world at the time. <laughs> and God said, that's fine. Take everything from him and mm-hmm. let's see. That's and at the I... end of the book, God gives him double of what he had. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. I think like uh, a really big lesson that we le- learned from this this young man that wasn't willing to let go of of what he had was that sometimes w- we have this thing we cannot let go, mm-hmm. you know, and we think it's the most precious thing that you're like, no, if I let go, you know, I'm going to be super poor and I'm not going to have anything. But God needs us to let go first so he could bring this super huge blessing that we have no idea that exists so we have you know we we think we have this good amount of money and 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 he's like use it for my church give it for me or use it as a donation we're like no it's a lot of money (laughs) but then he's like but I have this huge gift for you, this huge raise at, at work. I have this huge blessing for you. But if you you don't let that go, that little thing, I cannot give you this big thing. Mm-hmm. And and when we're so tied up to that, God says, I'm sorry, I can't bless you more. Yeah. And I feel that story um, really relates to that because I can't imagine the the huge blessing that God had for him, but he mm-hmm. couldn't let it go. Yeah. So Who knows? He, Exactly. If he had just made a little bit more room yes. for God the way that he needed to. Uh, who knows? We, we we might be running into that guy in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to see this story also from the perspective of it's not just financials. Yeah. Like I know we've been focusing on financials right now or possessions, but maybe it's that sin. Maybe it's mm-hmm. that one thing that you do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And maybe it's not a sin. I mean, I know one of my biggest things is going to the gym, but maybe I focus too much on the gym and not enough on Christ. Mm. Or maybe I focus too much on this other thing, whatever it may be, but I lose focus of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we're not willing to let go of whatever that thing might be. Mm -hmm. And whenever we're just not willing to let go and let God just take over that's when there's a problem it could be just something that's taking up too much space yes it and doesn't it yes. be bad yeah and it doesn't right. have Not to be bad yeah. exactly sometimes it's good but it's just 
too much of that, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. that we lose focus of what we're supposed to be focusing on. So I want to I want to end with a question here. Um, there could be somebody that is maybe brand new to their walk with Christ. There could be somebody that's listening that's been in the church for a hundred years. Um, <laughs> that's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> um, I think we can both, in both parties, whether you're brand new in your walk with Christ or have been in the church forever and ever, um, there's always better ways to include Jesus in our schedules and, and, and kind of make room for him nice. the way that uh, maybe the rich young ruler should have. Um, so if someone was listening right now and they're, new to this and they're wanting a, a, a simple tip that has worked for you on how to make room for Jesus despite the schedules and calendars that we all unfortunately have, which are insane sometimes. What would you tell that person? You want me to go for it? <laughs> well, um, for me, my, uh, I guess where God answered me was when I was at Swahu because I wouldn't dedicate time for him because I was so busy. Mm. You know, I was a full-time student. I had three jobs and I was a youth director at my church. Don't ask me how I did it. But I never made time for God because I would always wake up running. I had to study. I had to go to class. But then I, something told me that I was doing something wrong, mm. that I needed for God to be part of my life again. And so I talked to him. I told him, I have so much on my plate, but I want to spend time with you. So I need you to wake me up earlier. I'm not going to put an alarm. I'm not going to try to do something to wake up early. I need you to wake me up. Mm. And during that time, I'm not going to think about school. I'm not going to think about tests. I'm not going to think about work. I'm just going to think about you and me. Uh, a me and you moment. And... And yeah, since that day, he's been waking me up every morning. And maybe it's not a morning for you. Maybe it's it's going to be another moment in your stressful life where just find a spot where mm -hmm. you could open your heart to God and, and just spend time with him. But just be still mm -hmm. and pause for a second in your day and say, if we could pause and look at our phones and be mm -hmm. in TikTok for probably like 30 minutes. <laughs> if we could if we could see a show on Netflix, we could spend time with God in our day at mm -hmm. any time. You're not supposed to call me out, Janet. It's <laughs> okay. Sorry. I, I guess on what I would have to say is prayer. Mm -hmm. I and I I've learned this from Janet, definitely. So I know she's played a big role in my spiritual walk with Christ, but pray. Take time yes. to pray. And it might be a one-minute prayer, but you'll see that as time goes on, you'll just continue to pray and continue and continue. And she told me this one day, pray and wake up praying as it's the first thing you do and say that amen at the end of the day. So that prayer continues throughout the whole day as we're just talking to Christ the whole mm. day. And that's helped me. I know sometimes I just feel like I'm a little crazy and I'll just start talking to myself or talking to same. God. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, okay. I just start driving and just talk to God, yes. uh, go to the gym. Sometimes whenever I'm on the way back from work, it's it's just me and God, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. So just take that time to pray. And when it comes to devotional life, I know it's hard for people to make time 
and take time from their busy schedules. Mm -hmm. But it it can be something small. Mm -hmm. It can be as simple as turning on this podcast and listening and then getting to work and just looking up a little short devotional. It doesn't have to be something crazy. Mm -hmm. So start small and God is just going to allow the rest to work. So so I'm going to piggyback off of that and say baby steps. Baby steps. It's okay. Oh, yeah. I think we have a misconception that in our Christian life we have to take giant leaps twenty four seven, and I don't, I just, I don't think that's realistic. Um, I'm going to spend six hours a day talking to God and listen to eight sermons, and I'm like, well, I mean, that's great, but it's just not realistic to like mm-hmm. life. No. <laughs> um, you know, Jesus had his moments when he had to take time, and maybe mm-hmm. his his he was so busy throughout the day that the Bible literally says that he had to go at night to find time. Yes. And he would be up all night. And that was his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not your thing. I'd probably encourage you to sleep. But uh, <laughs> baby steps. I think both of you yes. kind of alluded to it. It's, it's a, okay mm-hmm. to take a baby step in five minutes, ten minutes, and progress as you go. Um, it's important to know that you're not always going to be successful. There's going to be times where you yeah. go back yeah. or times where you just and it's couldn't okay. fit it in. Yeah. But don't let those moments just tell you, okay, I failed. So why even try again? Mm-hmm. No. no, you should say, okay, I failed. So now I'm going to try harder to not fail next time. Yes. It's all about a start. Start somewhere. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Baby steps and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll, you'll find very quickly your groove and, and your routine with Jesus and you'll see how oh, yeah. it impacts your life. Um, Janet, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Glad that you're here. Hopefully not the last time that I have you both on the podcast. It's been Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Thanks for the conversation. And wherever you're listening, I hope that you were maybe blessed by something and could take something and kind of just run with it. If you are listening and you're one of those sharers, please continue to do so. Uh, We are reaching people around the world and it's thanks to you teaming up with God to make that possible. I say this all the time at the beginning and at the end, just click that share button. Um, Nowadays with social media and our phones and everything, who knows the impact you can make by just simply sharing this episode. So thank you so much. Again, ladies, thank you so much for being here. It was a fantastic time. My name is Kelvin. This is Elevate Retake. We'll see you next week. And like we always say, there's always room for one more.